Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 242 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Carolyn Gilbertson, Carolyn lives in St. Paul, Minnesota, and she works as a third-party officer in financial services. Welcome, Carolyn. Hi, Jen. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to chatting with you. Well, I'm super excited to chat with you. This is my favorite part of the day when I get to (laughs) talk to intermittent fasters. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, before I get there, I want to give you a little bit of background that led up to it. I had struggles with my weight since late junior high. I'm one of those. I entered my first Weight Watcher meeting back when I was 15. 
I remember wow. getting dropped off at the Catholic church by my dad and getting picked up and him being disappointed because I didn't lose enough for the money he just Aww. spent. Do you mind sharing your age now? I am 60. Okay. So it's been a long time then, 45 years <laughs> yes, since that first yes. Weight Watchers meeting. And <laughs> And oh my gosh, it broke my heart to hear that your dad was disappointed. Well, yeah, he would get, you know, and I I think it had to do with lessons learned. I mean, we all know that's not how you approach. He didn't know that back then. He was thinking he was helping me by taking me, et cetera, et cetera. We've all learned. Yeah. But throughout junior high and senior high, I participated in sports. And honestly, in retrospect, I think that's what helped keep me from gaining even more. Yes, I was overweight, but I wasn't obese. I feel like the sports helped me keep just overweight, not getting obese. During my freshman year in college, however, I gained that famous freshman 15. Oh, yeah. oh my God, I was so excited to see all the wonderful foods in the in the cafeteria and especially soft serve every day. It was like, oh, I won the oh, lottery. Yes, yes, we had. <laughs> we would have you it could, at breakfast, my roommates and I. We didn't have soft serve, but we had frozen yogurt that you could oh, go yum. get. So, you know, it was like, you know, super <laughs> that was healthy, right? Yes. Well, then during the summer after my freshman year in college, I focused on food and fitness. And I worked really hard and I got myself down to what I thought was a respectable weight. Unfortunately, it was very short-lived. Went back my sophomore year, gained it all back. Throughout the ups and downs, I kept being telling myself, well, it's okay, Carolyn, at least you're not over 200. Right. In the summer of my senior year, I got engaged to my high school sweetheart. Now, knowing that I was going to get married, I worked my butt off and I did, I don't even know, I can't remember if you mentioned this, I did Herbal Life. Back in the day, it was these horrible tasting shakes. I did that for about six months and ran every day. What was it? Was like that in the early 80s? Yes, early 80s, because I got married in 84. Okay, because I graduated high school in 86. So you're a little ahead of me. I remember herbal life, but I didn't ever do it. I just yeah. was not quite, but it is, it's funny that you say they were disgusting because I bet shakes have come a long way since then. Yes. That was probably one of the earliest it shake was, programs. And they were like chalky. There was no flavor. Ugh. I mean, yeah. it was just the, the chalky protein. Right. Yuck. That sounds so gross. You know, it was. It was awful. But I did it because, oh, this is going to, you know, and they give you the little pills to the vitamins, basically, that you could get at the pharmacy. But they And Lord knows what might have even been in that. They're probably giving you like speed or something. Right. It wasn't regulated <laughs> no. very well back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was 84. And it was okay. very short-lived. After we married, I started cooking meals and we ate well. And over the next 18 months, I proceeded to gain back everything I had lost. And more, I gained 50 pounds. Shortly yeah. thereafter, I found out I was pregnant and gained another 50. So we're talking, getting way up there over 200. And I, as I settled in at home with a new newborn, I wanted to focus again on getting back. I was going to spend my time at home, working out, focusing on my eating. That I did just fine until four weeks. Four weeks in, I got a knock on the door my dad was there and he said, your brother passed away by suicide. So oh, here I am no. with this Carolyn, that is, brand oh. new baby that yeah. you're super excited about and then you lose a brother. So yeah. I had this whole roller coaster, so much for dieting. That is absolutely the worst way to lose anyone. I mean, there's right. no worse way, I think. Right. right. And here I was, again, how do you embrace newborn and at the same time work through those crazy emotions? So no time for dieting. 
I just focused on uh, getting through that with my parents and my sisters. So as a result, my weight stayed high for the next few years. And I just focused on being the mom and the wife and really on my career. Over the years, I went on to be in Weight Watchers several times. I would have some success and they get, get kind of cocky, confident yeah. and think, I can do this on my own. I don't, I don't have to pay the money every week. Well, guess what? I always gained it back and usually a little more. You know, I think that shows the importance of a support system. Absolutely. Right? You know, Absolutely. I'm not the person who was ever, I think the reason I didn't do Weight Watchers because I'm not going to drive somewhere for a support system. And that just, maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm a homebody. Let's just spin it like that. Right. I'm a homebody. So when I finally had Facebook support groups back in when I first started, that was instrumental to me, feeling like suddenly I was accountable to someone other than myself. Right. Made a huge difference. Because just like you, you're exactly right. When I tried Jenny Craig, that only one time that I did, I was doing the phone check-ins. And the first week I was super successful. And then I'm like, I can do this by myself. Right. But then mm -hmm. I didn't. Right. Then 2002 rolls around and my husband and I decide to divorce so we could lead authentic lives. And I once again dove into fitness and Weight Watchers. And over the next two and a half years, I was able to drop 70 pounds. With Weight Watchers and fitness. Yes. And just working out. And I thought, wow, I finally mastered the demons. I can do this. I'm, I'm on my path. Well, I would unfortunately realized I had not. And over the next few years, gained it all back. And I'd stay fat for the next few years until I, again, tried something else. Let's get a personal trainer. Maybe I'm paying money and going to Weight Watchers. I'll lose weight. Again, started to feel good. Then my mom passed away and oh. I used it to, I used food to get me through that. After that, unfortunately, I tried things like Slimgenics, Isogenics, Drank a lot of shakes and supplements. Again, a lot of money, but not seeing great results. Well, then in 2011, I decided I'm just going to go to a fat camp. I'll spend a ton of money. Well, it's not called. It's a fitness camp, but I always right. call it a fat camp. Well, that I mean, is what we called it growing up, right? I mean, I, that's probably not the politically correct way to say it right now, but that is what we said. I mean, that's pretty much what they called it. Like not, not as to be rude, but yeah. Right. I took two weeks of vacation from work. I paid a lot of money and went and stayed on the North Shore up in Minnesota. And we worked out minimum eight hours a day. They had very controlled eating. And now I look back and see how very unhealthy eating. Yeah. I mean, we literally would start at like five in the morning with our first workout and we wouldn't be done till five at night with our last yoga. But we would also have maybe an hour during the day for a nap, but just minimal eating, long story short. Lost in that two weeks, lost some weight, but, you know, didn't really keep me. It's like the Biggest Loser camp. Right. Really That's exactly what, it, what like. it was. In fact, one of the guys from The Biggest Loser was at that camp that week. Oh. He was like helping us. So oh, yeah. My last attempt at Weight Watchers was the beginning of 2013. I was at an all-time high. Well, my almost all-time high. And what was that? What was that all-time high? At that time, it was 253. But my actual mm -hmm. all-time high, will, I will tell you, is 270. Okay. And I made some strides, slow but steady success back then until I got a call at work one day from the emergency nurse at Hennepin County Medical Center in Minneapolis. And they said, your son's been hurt. Now, this is my oh, one no. and only kid. You need mm -hmm. to get down here right away. We are doing life-saving measures. He's massive internal injuries. So I go down there, find out he's lost a kidney, lost a spleen, and his pelvis was shattered. 
bottom line, it would take (laughs) five months of hospitalization and another six of rehab to put, as I call it, Humpty Dumpty back together again. As it turned out, I was not able to diet during that time. It was like my I cannot whole- <laughs> even imagine. You know, it's stressful when things happen, but there is nothing more stressful than when our children are not okay. Well, right. That's it. That's just it. I would go to work every day, and then I would go down and sit at the hospital right. until he fell asleep by about 11, and I'd do it all over again every day. And then on weekends, I would be there from Saturday at the very beginning to Sunday at the very end. There was no weight loss. Um, but then came this miracle called intermittent fasting in 2019. I was with friends, good friends from growing up. And I will tell you, Jen, I received, okay, we were just talking. They knew I struggled with weight my entire life because they know me. Well, they brought up, have you ever heard of intermittent fasting? And I said, what the heck are you talking about? I've never heard of it. Well, being the compulsive person that I am that weekend, I immediately went home, went on Amazon, ordered your book, read it cover to cover, um, delay, don't deny. And then I joined the Y September 30th and started my intermittent fasting on October 3rd, and I have not stopped either one. October 30th yes. is when you started. So you started at the Y in 2019. You started the Y on September. In September. On September 30th. And then a few days later, because I felt like I had to really, I mean, I was kind of, t- yeah. you know, kind of, but then I got an app, started fasting. I will tell you, I started at the 18.6 very quickly, or I went 16.8, very quickly went to 18.6, very, very quickly moved to 24. And then I would say not even six months in, I was at 22.2. Okay. And then it took me a little over a year uh, I would say 15 months, maybe I'd have to go back to my log. And I dropped 130 pounds. Wow. That is pretty remarkable. I got like, down to that 140. But uh-huh. I've been, I will tell you now, I've been wavering between 140 and 145. Okay. That's your maintenance range is what it sounds like. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And what I'm doing is, you know, I change it up. You always talk about flexibility and being consistent at the same time. I, it'll depend on what's going on in my life. But for the most part, I do Monday through Friday, 22-2. Saturday, I have a longer window for friends and family. And then when I'm done eating on Saturday, I don't, I don't have a mealless Monday. I have a mealless Sunday. I don't eat until Monday morning. And I'm telling you that autophagy that happens on that Sunday is so magic. I can almost feel it happening yeah, some days. It feels good. And so then on Monday you have an up day? Yes. Your, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you're not doing 22-2 on Monday. Monday's no. the up day after the right, Sunday. Right, right, okay. right, I just wanted right. to clarify. So that might be a few. It's not a huge window, but it's more than two hours. Yeah. It needs to be the rule of thumb that I recommend is six to eight at minimum so that you have at least two full meals and three is even okay. Just keep that in mind. I do too, but I usually, it's more like four or five hours. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you to stretch that just a little. Just here's why people are sometimes don't understand why it's based on the research on alternate daily fasting. They did not have any restriction on the update. Like they didn't have a window. They just were like, one day you don't eat, the next day you do. And so they weren't fasting at all on the up day. And I know that we're, when we get used to eating in a in like, you know, two hour window the other days, it's hard to eat. But I would just encourage you to to think of that as your metabolic boost day. Well, that's what I do. That, that, yeah. That's the other part. And oftentimes it'll be like another protein shake at the end of the day that, that I will add those, add a boost or another banana or another, yeah. So I do focus on that just because your body feels it too or needs it. It does. And and when they when they looked back at the participants in alternate daily fasting and the research, they ate approximately 125%. So they were 25% oh. over their their body's caloric needs. Okay. So they were slightly overeating. And so that was what I think the, they found kept the metabolism humming. So just wanted to, to pop that out there. So if you're slightly eating on up days, you're doing it right. Because sometimes you. people are worried because we're, you know, you've been dieting, Carolyn, for 45 years. Right. And the message that Weight Watchers taught you was you're supposed to eat this little amount of food every single day. Right. Every day. There's no like refeed day or speed your metabolism day. And that's when your body adapts. If you're over restricting, well, right, just like exercise, it adapts to that stuff. It too. does, but even with fasting, fasting does have you know a metabolic advantage because you're well fueled during the fast. But if you're over restricting too long, even with fasting, your body will eventually adapt just because it does. So that's why, like, I think the reason my body never adapted is because I always mix things up, and I just naturally do. Yeah, and I do that more now. I I will say my life, especially post pandemic. I mean, I was, it was, you know, there were, it was more routine during the pandemic. I just had this very sedate routine. And well, you know, yes, I would exercise, but I didn't go out a lot. Well, now everybody's going out again and you just have to be adaptable and okay, I've got a birthday dinner to go to. How am I going to plan for that? How does my window look that day? So I mix it up that way too. It's not the exact same two hours or 
and and my body likes it. I notice our the bodies difference. do. Yep, our bodies do like it. Switching it up is preferable to having it exactly the same every single day, just because homeostasis, our body will adapt if everything's the same. So and I wanted to pop back to something real quick that you said. You mentioned that you're in that 140 to 145 range. And that really is what maintenance looks like. Because sometimes people think maintenance looks like you get to a goal weight and you stay at that weight. But we don't. We fluctuate within that range. I'm, I would, even though I don't weigh, I would be interested to know what my maintenance fluctuation range is. I don't know. But I can feel it in my clothes. Yeah, that's exactly where I find myself judging. You know, it's it's what do my clothes feel like? And so far, nothing feels any different. So I'm fine with the five up or, you know, going back and forth in that right. range because I know what's causing it. Sometimes it's just a salty soup or, a, yeah. you know, it's not like I'm gorging or binging. It's, yeah. So I will tell you that I believe my daily walking and running, either walk or run every single day, and I have since September 30th. So this past Saturday, I celebrated 1,000 days in a row. I love that. And of moving your body. Yes. And that, together with the intermittent fasting, had countless benefits. I mean, I would say the weight loss, like we all read, is just one of the side effects or benefits. I've had so many other far more important non-scale victories. You know, I, I would say just mental health, <laughs> emotional health <laughs> has been huge because, you know, when you grow up or when you diet for 45 years, you're sending yourself all these messages for so many years about not being enough or not. Yeah. I was always the big girl and the bunch of friends, whether it was college or, or high school and not never measuring up. Well, guess what? Finally feel like I'm at a healthy weight and I don't have to constantly berate myself. You know, people who have never struggled with their weight don't understand what we're saying to ourselves in our heads when we're struggling, right? Right. Right. Exactly. They have no idea. Like my husband would not understand it. Right. Because he's never had a weight problem in his life. Exactly. And just feeling like, why can't I do this when all these people around me are doing it? What's wrong with me? Right. Why couldn't you stick to Weight Watchers, Carolyn? I mean, well, you know, that's right. what it felt what, like, right? Right. 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 What's it wrong should be they were over there doing it, but really no one was really doing it. But <laughs> Right. Well, the reality is now that I have found what works for me, I am beyond, I mean, I can't tell you how happy I am that you followed your calling. Thank you. You know, you have a calling and thank God you followed it, that you took your path and you're doing what you need to do because I call what I've learned on my Instagram, I call it fitness ministry, basically helping people. I can't say enough good things about intermittent fasting, even to those naysayers that, oh, that's not good for you. It's, oh, it's going to screw up your metabolism. It's like, why would you say that to me when I've spent three years doing this and it's look at what I used to be and look at who I am This today. is what a screwed up metabolism looks like. I'll take it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. Right. Because when I was 210 pounds and doing the HCG diet and taking the yeah. diet pills or whatever, no one is like, that's going to screw up your metabolism. But it did. When you're doing Weight Watchers all the time, no one said that's going to screw up right. your metabolism, but it did. And so now my metabolism is fixed. Like I literally eat the foods that I want to eat and stay at the weight I want to stay. So I mean, that's what's amazing is I know, okay, I'm going 
going to have this today and it might be more than I have or I had yesterday, but tomorrow I know I'm going to do this and then I'm going to have my, my mealless day and I manage it. It works. I mean, the, the other critical thing that I just love and I notice every single day is I live in a, a townhome where I'm in the upper level right now. Right. When I was obese, I would sit on that main level at night knowing I had to go upstairs to go to bed and I would talk myself into walking upstairs, Jen, because wow, it. it hurt so much and yeah. so much inflammation. And I would take one step at a time. Mm-hmm. I run those babies now. Yep. I mean, there's absolutely, I feel younger than I and healthier than in my 40s by, by a long shot. You know, I remember when I was in New York with Chad, we were there for an event. It was when I was a teacher. I was, it was a teacher event. And we went to the Empire State Building. And I probably weighed about 175 because I remember the clothes I was wearing. So I think I was 175. But like they were like, I think you could either go all the way up in the elevator and it costs more or you could do partway on the elevator and partway on the stairs. So I was like, let's do that. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Here I am with Chad. He probably weighs 140. I don't know. He's so really slim. <laughs> right. way. We don't even own a scale. But, you know, I'm like, I'm going to die moving this 170 whatever pound body up these stairs. But I did it. Then we got to the top and I realized he's scared of heights. He, <gasps> oh, I didn't no. know. He wouldn't go out on the observation deck. <laughs> I had no idea. We'd been married for all these years at this point. And he's like, uh. I'm like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) So I was like, I walked up those stairs for nothing. (laughs) I didn't go out there either because he wouldn't go out. So I was like being a supportive wife. I'm like, all right, we'll just go back down. (laughs) But the, the thing that sticks in my mind was how hard it was to go up those steps with that body. And that, of course, wasn't my heaviest weight. I went up another you know, 40 pounds from that point, but, you know, 50, I don't even know, but I, I'm doing the math in my head, but it was hard. Right. And now you just go up and down those stairs. Right. It was, it, yeah. I mean, and just re- standing. I remember being, when I was obese, standing for any long period of time was like painful. And now yeah. I just, it just feels so comfortable all the time and just flexible and it's intermittent fasting. It's done so much healing. I mean, the one thing that I find, because again, I lost so much, it's loose skin stuff. But those su- that Sunday, I watch things go down based on you measurements over the month to month. You know, especially my, I call them my bat wings, my arms. How are they doing? Are they like... Yeah, they're, the they're not as strong as they should be, but I've lost like nearly four inches off of them. That's amazing. I mean, because 130 pounds is no joke. That's a lot. And as we get older, like we are, we are getting older and we're on the other side of menopause. That's the, that's really a dividing line for women that I didn't understand until I went through it because nobody tells us. So people are always like, I remember early when I was younger in my intermittent fasting journey, 2014, 2015, when I lost the weight, 2016, 2017, I still was nowhere near menopause yet. And that didn't happen until 2019, 2020. So people were like, what happens to the skin? I'm like, oh, it bounces back. It's fabulous. You'll be great. Autophagy takes care of all of it. (laughs) Then (laughs) after going through menopause, I learned that, oh, 
skin is different after menopause. My skin has changed. It's yes. not as tight yes. as it was. It's saggier yes. and it's not because I've gained weight. I haven't, but just our skin elasticity changes. Right. Exactly. So anybody who's past menopause, women, you may not have skin that bounces back or it might take more. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take longer. I've, I'm giving myself that grace that right. I, every year I hope to see it shrink a little more and I'm doing, you know, the exercise bands while I'm watching TV to help build up the, but I just a day at a time. I mean, I've, I've come this far. I'm not going to beat myself up because I have a little loose skin that is evident on my arms. I mean, one thing that's different than when I was obese or even overweight, I never allowed myself to wear shorts or sleeveless tops, Jen. I wear them right. all the time now. And it's so yeah. fun to Me just walk too. out there and be who I am. That's it. Enjoy the hot weather. You know, now that I live at the beach, I'm just being myself, you know. And I talked about this on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. It's the first time I ever mentioned it. I've got really weird thighs in the back. I've never talked about it on the podcast. I actually had lipo. Did you see that post that I made on Instagram? I haven't, but now I'm going to go look. <laughs> yeah, I had I had lipo. When I say that I had lipo, I mean, it was in my early 20s. We had a house that we bought, and it was, um, this is in the early 1990s, maybe 93. It was our first little house, and it was like $49,000 we paid for this Whoa. house. And then we like kept it for a little over a year, and then we were moving to Aiken, which was from Augusta to Aiken. So we sold the house for like $65,000. Wow. So we had a little chunk yes. of money. And I had grown up with my mother always talking about her thighs. And I had the same, you know, pear shape as her. And I'm like, I'm going to have lipo on my thighs because then I will be perfect. <laughs> I mean, I was, I wish I could go back and shake my little 23-year-old <laughs> self, right? Because I was not, I was not even overweight, not even at all, not even a little bit overweight at that time. So I had lipo, didn't need it, thought it would, you know, make everything better. It doesn't remove cellulite. All it does is make the area smaller. But I think the plastic surgeon didn't do a good job. So I have like a weird line on one of my thighs where he like removed, like, I don't know. So my thighs looked worse after the lipo. Yeah, slimmer in jeans, but I, you know, they looked worse. So I have covered up my thighs, especially since then. And so then I'm finally like, why have I never talked about this? I guess it's like a little embarrassment. Right. And I did it in my early 20s. I mean, it was like, you know, decades before intermittent fasting. But anyway, so that's what I'm now embracing. I'm like, yes, I have one thigh that looks crazy. And you're probably not the only one. So it's good that you're sharing that story because there are other women who've walked that path and they're, mm-hmm. they can finally go, oh, she's talking about what I, I went through that. So but I don't care. Everybody, if you look at my thighs, you will see one looks weirder than the other one. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, and I'm, you know, certainly it made me think I don't want plastic surgery <laughs> just because that didn't work out great for me. Well, I but, think there have been several people who have said to me, well, you've lost so much weight. Are you going to do that surgery? And I said, no. Nope, this I is said, my These body. are my battle scars. And if autophagy doesn't take care of all of it over time, such is life. This is who I am. I'm not out to be some model. Right. You know, this is me. I've I've done what I can to improve my health and fitness and it's gonna be who I am. I really think going through menopause is what flipped that switch of body self-acceptance because I saw my body changing and my skin getting saggier just, you know, and looking different. And, and I'm like, well, you know what? I could like get all upset or I could just be like, this is what my body is doing. And you know what? 
I'm older and nobody cares. Right. I mean, this is just part of aging and I want to age gracefully and healthy. Yeah. The hard part has been, you know, I'm Jen Stevens, right? Jen (laughs) Stevens should have perfect legs. I'm like, well, Jen Stevens does not have perfect legs. (laughs) I just think you have to embrace all that you've done for so many people. And yeah, well, thank you for that. I mean, that's what's, that's what is exciting is, I mean, I, I know you feel this, but don't you wish, oh my gosh, had I discovered this 20 years ago, my whole life would be different. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I've said it before. You, I know you've heard me say it. I'm grateful that I went through obesity. I'm grateful for everything. I'm even grateful right. for the weird plastic surgery, I guess, because now right. I'm like, you know. <laughs> right, because it's all part of our journey. Lipo. That was part of my journey. And you know, in many ways, I would like to go back and implant this knowledge into young Jen's head. But, yes. you know, I I think it's helpful for us on this side of it to understand the struggles and to have been through them. And then we can really, really be grateful for the ease that fasting gives us. And be able to help others if if called upon to do so or to share our, our learnings, right. you know, and for me, some of that is with young women. So how are you how are you sharing? People will ask. I also have just a simple very simple Instagram that I track my loss and I stay accountable to my workout thing out there. So there are people that have followed me for this the inspiration there. They love my story. Right. What's your Instagram handle so people can find you? KK Scrap Girl. <laughs> Cuz I'm a scrapbooker. I'm an old old scrapbooker. So it's called KK Scrap Scrap Girl. And All Instagram. Right. No, it's just, I like to inspire people. I want people to, which I'm sure you have felt this way too, just know that there's a solution that, that you can feel different than you've ever felt before. And for me, I know I just heard it recently on a recent podcast I listened to, the, just the joy of knowing I found a sustainable way to move into my future, that I don't have to worry about the lovely roller coaster anymore. Right. Yeah, there's that little five pound window or, you know, back and forth thing. And I might, if my body decides to do so, drop a little more. There, right. I certainly could. You know, it's not like I, I, I still, I'm just at the normal. You know, I'm not sure there's room in that range for me. Right. <laughs> so I can go down. But right now, I'm not going to beat myself up because I haven't, because candidly, things have changed in the last year or so. I've, for the first time in nearly 20 years, I have a special someone. So oh. now we do things that I wasn't doing, you know, where you're going out more or cooking more together. Or I love that. Stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to give that up for that five no. pound. No. no. Yeah, uh, I have to do something a little more the following week or whatever. There's no way that I'm going to intermittent fasting fits into my life. I'm not going to let it control my life. That's a great way of putting it because enjoying our life is the goal, right? Right. I, my number one goal in life is I want to enjoy every day. Right. I don't want to feel like I'm punishing myself because yesterday I ate too much. Right. Right. Or feeling the guilt. And as, you know, I, it just all works out for me day to day. Like I had a longer eating window and then yesterday I was really busy and my family's here and my nieces were here and I was running errands and I didn't get to open my window till after six. And then I had a, probably, a, I don't know, an hour window maybe. 
And then to my family's in town for the weekend. And you're, actually, they're here for a week. I'm sure I'll have some big windows. Right. We're going to go right. out. We'll probably have lunch and dinner. Right. No big deal. See, that's the way I look at I have the 4th of July coming up. I am sure yeah. I will have a long window. Absolutely. That's what we're doing. We're just, you know, going with the flow, spending time together and the short windows on some days. And and I do embrace those days when I know I'm going to be busy. I'm like, well, I'll just open later and I'm so busy I don't even notice, but it balances out. But I enjoy those days because I'm running around in the fasted state, which feels good. Right. And I will tell you on my mealless day on Sunday, Sometimes I feel so high what the what it's doing in my Those body. Ketones. Like like Monday morning, I feel like I could run a marathon. Or you right. know, I have so such a clear head, such a clear everything, and I know it's ketosis. Ketosis. It absolutely is. Do you sleep well after that? On the on the yes. your, some people I don't. get cold. I still get cold. I still okay. get that freezing cold thing. Yeah, but that's just on Sundays. Yeah. Some people worry that that's because your metabolism is slowing down and that is not what it is. It's, no. <laughs> it is actually your your body directing blood flow away from your extremities to your fat stores to mobilize them. So yes. don't worry because there's like this rumor out there that's like, oh, if you get cold while fasting, that's a sign your metabolism no, no, is shutting no, no, down. No, 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 no. It is not. <laughs> right. So I'm excited when I feel it because it's like, oh, it's working. Mine's We're getting the fat, <laughs> mobilizing the fat. Yeah. <laughs> So alongside of that, you know, wanting to inspire at some point, wanting to help young people who struggle with weight without obviously shaming them that you're not going to just help them get tools. You know, you can't ask them to live this lifestyle depending on what age they are, but just to help them the mental tools of weight loss so that I, or of living a fit life and accepting them for who they are. Because I often look back and think so much of my self-esteem was tied up in being fat. And I just don't want young people to have that same struggle. And today there's so much more obesity. There really is. It's, it's a different kind of world now. You know, I'm observing the the younger generation with my my nieces and it's, you know, my friends' children that are, are girls. Of course, I have the boys who they don't even pay attention to it because they, they just eat intuitively. Right. <laughs> Never will. I don't think they'll ever struggle with their weight because they also know not to force feed themselves breakfast if they don't want it. Right. right? And they, right. they stop when they've had enough and I don't think they'll ever stop doing that. But there's like a, a blend of you know, like body positivity is a blessing in many ways because so I mean, in a lot of ways, because these girls are not growing up feeling like they have to shame themselves as many. Right. I, I know some still are. I don't want to, I don't want a blanket statement that, but you know, I, I've got some friends with, with girls who are bigger than other girls and they don't even worry about it. Like they're just body positive about themselves. So that is a good thing at least right there. But I also think back to like what we talked about earlier is how hard it was to move, move those bigger bodies. Right. So and the pain it, and, and that yeah. health wise, so and the, it doesn't get on, easier as you get On older. the one hand, we don't want them to shame themselves and feel bad about being in the right. body. But on the other hand, we've experienced it both ways. And so we know how much better it feels to move through life with, with a body that you can actually move around and climb the stairs, you know? Right. So we've got to find the happy medium of, you know, not, not feeling like they're shamed in their bodies, but they might feel better if they, on their knees, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it well or not. Yeah. Even more than the young people though, I will say 
are my mission is women my age or near my age that have struggled for 45 years or yeah. several years for them to just say, I always have a hashtag never too late. Oh yes. Never too old. I don't care. I mean, we've seen all the older women, older than myself in the pages that talk about, they wish they would have discovered it just like myself years ago, but that you can now, and you can live moving forward, the future can be. And you can feel better. I, and I guess to summarize what I was trying to say a minute ago, and I think I might've said it very inelegantly, but the goal is to feel good in our bodies. Whatever it takes for you to feel good in your body right. is, is what you should do. And and right. you can feel good in your body at any size that feels good to you. It's right. just a matter of really getting to a place where you feel good. Good. Right. And, and I didn't feel good at 210. I did not feel good. And part of it was the shame and all of that, which which I wish that wasn't there. But it was also physically, I couldn't move like I wanted to. Yeah, that's where I've seen my leaps and bounds in terms of just how much better I feel and how much more energy. We all talk about that, how much more energy I have. And the brain fog was definitely there when I was oh, yeah. at that top number and just tired all the time. And no, it doesn't happen that way now. I've got So you have energy. so much more hope for aging in the and you know from from 60 on. Just said to a girlfriend yesterday, you better live till you're 95 cuz I certainly plan on it. Right. And I want you to be hanging around with me. Yeah. You know, I have plans. There are things I haven't done that I want to do and traveling I haven't done and enjoy. I have a few more years to work, but beyond that, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this body I was able to get through yep. intermittent fasting. Without even feeling like you're struggling or depriving. That's the beauty of it. That's just it. It, it is so natural. I mean, Jen, it happened for me, I would say in the first week. I mean, I did not, I hate to say that because I know there are people that struggle, but for my body, maybe it was because I abused it so much for so many years. And it was finally saying, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you. Yeah. That, that, this came along as a true gift and I, it was, it, it fit me immediately. It was like yeah. glove on a hand that just fit. And That's I love the best. it. That's the way it is for me too. It was kind of funny. I was just at a conference in Utah and you were talking about traveling. Traveling is so much easier when you just get in this plane, you can sit in any seat, you, you know, and I saw some people around me who were struggling, traveling, yeah, um, and, I, and it felt so good. But when I was at the conference, because it was the time change, you know, between East Coast time and Mountain oh, time, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to open my window with lunch every day because it's like 2.30, which is kind of when I open anyway. And then I was like so tired all afternoon. Oh. I'm like, no, tomorrow I'm just going to fast through till after we're done for the day. So I went to lunch with the, the other people there. And this is, you know, health, health and wellness professionals. This is kind of like conference that I was at. And so I'm sitting with them at lunch and they all are like fans of intermittent fasting, right? But they're, they were all still alarmed that I was not eating lunch. Oh no. So many people still think that intermittent fasting means 16-8 or something. No. Like no. Even in the health and wellness world, they're like, oh, yes, lunch and dinner. I'm like, no, I don't need to eat lunch. I don't feel better when I eat lunch. They're like, what? You're not you're not going to eat? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we still have room to go to even tell to health teach. professionals. I mean, because for me, some days it's a struggle for that two hours for me. It's like I was full in the first half hour. I've been doing it early in the morning. So I have, well, like eight or nine. I'm on this <laughs> still cut oats kick. 
and okay. a couple boiled eggs and I'll get full. And so it's you're like, a morning window person. Yes. And then I have, when it comes time to walk, either walk or run either in the middle of the day or the evening, it's definitely fasted okay. or I do it way early morning before the eating. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm trying to max that benefit too, but yeah, I prefer to do it in the morning. Cause I, I think I haven't tested this, but I think I'd be too crabby at work. Oh, you think? See, I'm the opposite. I have, I mean, but again, this is why we're all a study of one. Right. See, I am, my energy and my mood are better fasted. So I do much better and and like I have better patience. I have, I'm just so much more cheerful in the fasted (laughs) state. So that's just, that's the beauty of finding the approach that works for you. Right, right. And for me, it's worked in the morning. morning. I love that. I love that we're different. And like if I got up and had steel cut oats in the morning and eggs by like noon, I'd be like, now I need to eat a giant meal. I'd be sorry. It just makes me hungrier. But you're satisfied and you feel good. Satisfied. And today was an example. I had to come up with something else to add just because I didn't want to eat too little. Right. And another thing I, I need to share, this is kind of a sick thing, but it's gotten me through all of my interfa- intermittent fasting. I love gourmet popcorn. So I have, I go to a nice shop in this town in Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis, and I buy extra large bags of buttery popcorn and I will have four cups of popcorn almost every day. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It, that. That's part of, it's kind of my treat. And at the yeah. same time, I love the crunchiness. I love it's the got fiber. Good fiber. Oh my yeah, gosh. It's wonderful. Like, I think so, it's, I think, you know, we, the fact that you were, you know, thinking that might not be a good thing to have, it is a good thing to have. Right. And I you enjoy it. it. I love it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a treat and it, and it's good. So anyway, I think enjoying and appreciating something that you, you you know, maybe the world might see that as an unhealthy treat. But I think enjoying that and loving it and look forward to it every day is better than sitting there guiltily eating kale and carrots. Right. I think you're exactly and almost getting resentful. Right. See where I I enjoy just like I enjoy fresh strawberries with, oh, with some cream and me too. You know, there's it there's the joy in good food. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. 
Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I would rather joyfully eat a bowl of ice cream than resentfully drink a shake that I didn't Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think my body's going to respond better to the ice cream that I'm eating with joy right. than the right. shake that I'm resentful over. Right. And I want to do that. I want to be able to do that with friends and family on a, for example, a holiday coming up. I want to, I will be sharing a meal with my son down in, in Southern Minnesota. And I expect that we will probably go for a treat too. Just oh yeah. How's he doing? Good. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Okay. Yeah. He bought a hobby farm last year. So Ooh. I get a lot of farm fresh eggs. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And I go down there once a month and clean his barn. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good trade-off. I like the cardio of just that stuff. And I love the animals. So yeah, it's, he's, he actually recovered. You would never know if you saw him. That's good. That's good. Cause you worry that that's going to have long lasting effects. Right. And, and he didn't. Yeah. I love finding joyful movement in my day. Just, of course I've just started, you probably haven't heard this yet because the episodes haven't come out. Although I'm sure the listeners are like, stop talking about your water aerobics, Jen, but <laughs> I've just started doing water aerobics. We have an indoor I've heard pool really our, good things about that. I love it in our new neighborhood, and I it's I love it. Like I, I didn't go today because it's at nine, and we're recording this at ten, so I, I wasn't time for me to go. But Monday through Friday, I'm going every day that I can, and it's so much fun. Now, yesterday I couldn't go because my family's here, and I was staying at the beach house with them, so I went in the ocean, and I was oh, in the ocean for probably thirty fun. minutes, and that feels like water aerobics I too because the waves fun. and you're jumping and you're swimming. Just I was there with my two nieces. They are nine and eleven. Oh, fun! Yeah. And so I'm going to get in there again today. We're going to go back to the you. ocean. But that's joyful movement, and it's really good exercise. But it doesn't feel like resist drudgery, right? Right. See, and that's where I started biking again too. So that is joy for me. I I feel like when I'm just coasting down the tarred road, it just feels like I'm a 13 year old again riding on my bike, and it's so fun. And I'm getting exercise. You know, I, I've got to get a bike. Chad just got a bike, and we also just got one for Will because we're you're we're in a little you know beach community, so we can go from this house to the beach house by bike if we want to. And so I'm I'm, I'm a little scared. <laughs> why? Why am I scared of biking? It's very like fun. Gonna, it's scared very... I'm going to fall off. Like you're not. No, scared. You're I haven't not. biked. In, the only time I've even been on a bike is. I tried when we were still in Augusta. Chad had a bike there, and I tried to get on. Of course, it was way too big for me. Oh, yeah. You got to find one the right height. That's what you It was a man's bike that was way too big for me, and it was really hard. I'm like, I'm going to die on this bike. So I'm like, okay, biking is scary. But I think it wouldn't be scary if I had a bike that fit me. Right. You go to a – I went to a bike co-op, and I had them size it for me. Okay. So you feel like in control and safe and good on that bike. Yes. And fun. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, fun it's is all I want to do. If it's not fun, fun I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, d- I plan on sharing this message, your message. Mm-hmm. I pass it along all the time. I've, I've handed out your book just because oh. I think it's so important, well, thank you know, you. and I think it's important to so share without fear, right? Right. I, if you have any questions about it, come to me because I can tell you, or if you have reservations or no, it's not been one bit of a struggle for me. Not one. Yeah. And, and you know, the odd person who gives you pushback, it's still worth it to have shared with all the other people where you're planting those seeds. Right. And I have, I will tell you, they've come to me, okay, when they first saw the first chunk of weight go, like, 
I don't know, beginning in tw- mid 2020 or whatever, that they're like, wow. Well, then they will, I'll tell them about it and they'll seem a little bit interested. But then as they see the progression, then they're coming back and saying, tell me about that book again and tell me how you started. So I will be sending lots of emails talking about how to start and, you know, to be graceful with yourself, gentle with yourself and how you can do it and just point them to all the success stories. And and that's, that's how my journey started too. It was just people had seen me do all the crazy diets. And so they were like, there goes Jen again. You know, they didn't want to know what's the latest crazy things. Jen's. Although what's funny is if I look back over the things that I tried, I've always been like a trendsetter. Like when I was at a school, I'd be like, now I'm putting chia seeds in everything because I'm going to lose <laughs> so much weight. No, that didn't work. But then all of a sudden, people that ate lunch with me also were eating chia seeds. We're all trying the <laughs> chia seeds and that didn't work. But there was like the shake I was doing. I'm like, now I'm doing the shake, Alma said, or something. I can't remember. It was, it was kind of good. But then now everyone's doing that. But but with intermittent fasting, it took a little longer for everybody to well, jump how right about in. The, um, but I do think about this. I was thinking about this on my um, walk yesterday. I wonder if Jen ever sits back and thinks, wow, who would have thought 10 years ago that I'd oh, be doing yes. this, you know, that this is where mm-hmm. my journey would lead me. And so it's just so exciting. I get so excited for you. And yeah. just the domino effect, how many people you've impacted. Ten years ago is when I was in New York City. And I, like I said, I was in the 170s at that point. It was after 2012 that my weight really started to go up more and more and more and more. So that was, you know, like I had kind of gotten it down in 2009. That was the HCG time when I hit 40. And then it just kept going up and up and up after 2012. But 10 years ago when I was like in the 170s and. Right. But you would have never never dreamed of having this, right? You know, that this was your future. And that's where, and think of just the domino. You've impacted so many and we impact people. And I mean, last summer I was at a, like a, a huge generation family reunion. And I walked up to this uncle of mine and he said, I'm sorry, who are you? I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) And his wife hit him (laughs) and said, that's Carolyn. Oh, you must have lost a bunch of weight. Doesn't oh, look God. like the Carolyn I know. Thanks, <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good humor, but yeah, it's fun. And it's fun to surprise people. And I've, I've also shared it in my workplace. There's several mm-hmm. people who have been influenced. Yeah. That's amazing to see and to know. Like I would hear from people that like wouldn't have told me that they started. They just quietly started and then they'll lose a bunch of weight and then they'll like come to me and tell me. And that's always been good. You know, I love telling, you know, everybody in the world, but it, it feels just a little more special when it's someone that you've known. Yes. Like for a long time and watch them struggle. Right. You know, I, I really feel feel great when I when I know someone I'm, and I can see. Like my cousin who was he dropped a hundred pounds and I didn't even know she was doing it. And then I saw oh, her and I'm like, very you know. cool. Very <laughs> right. cool. And I like the fact I run into people who know I've struggled forever and they're just so happy for me because, you know, whether it's an auntie or a cousin or whatever, they know next reunion, who was it that was going to lose weight? Cause we had cousins that were always, one of us was losing and one of us was back up the, you know, up the scale or whatever. But those same people who have struggled right alongside of me are very happy with what I've accomplished. That's because they when they know. really start to notice and start to get interested. The people that have watched you, they've seen you lose it before. So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you do that before. In a year, you'll be back up, but then you aren't. 
Right. And then then you're not. And then you stay the same. And then they're like, wait a minute. She's staying the same. That's it's been it. two years, three years, four years. Okay, tell me about it. Now Now I want to know. Yeah. Even my dental hygienist, I was in there Monday and she said, wow, you really got this down. You are staying down. And I said, yeah. yes, I am. Because there's a million ways to lose weight, but right. very, very few ways to, to lose it and then maintain. Right. Very few. Because people, you know, the, the research shows people don't. Right. And this is my way. I mean, I I can't imagine not living this the rest of my life. I can't. Me too. So have you had any health victories other than just, you mentioned mental health and physical just in general, but you know, feeling better. Have you had any you know, concrete medical or, or health improvements? Well, when, when I went to the doctor and they were like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And she was like ecstatic because yeah. knew I had struggled forever. I would say above and beyond, it would probably just be because even when I was obese, it was like there was, I wanted some of those numbers to be like pre-diabetic or something. Cause maybe that would force me to, it would make me do what I'm supposed to do. But all my numbers, you know, were all always the, good. We're always good. The only okay. number that was bad was my weight. So just bringing all that aligning it. And even those numbers have come down blood pressure and everything are, they were never in the crazy range, but now everything is They're in a better. very healthy range. And beyond, I mean, I will tell you, struggled with anxiety and depression at different times in my life based on those things I had shared with people passing or etc. And people would, doctors right away are quick to hand you medicine. They always made me feel icky. I have never felt so emotionally on track and mentally stable <laughs> as with intermittent fasting. Ditto. And some of it is just really realizing my sensitivity to certain things. You know, if I have a little too much sugar, I'm going to feel it not only in my, the next day kind of might be hungrier or just feel crummy. Two days later, it can almost act like alcohol does and make me depressed. I can oh. have like this, oh my gosh, I can tell I had too like much sugar. Rebound. I'm feeling depressed or I can feel it in my knee, my right knee. I always have to walk with a knee sleeve. If I've had too much sugar or carb, I feel it in my knee. And I look back at what I ate the day before. Yep, there we go. Here Can't you do go. that. Got to back off on that. So I'm able to really, really see the impact of those foods and beverages on my body and, and adjust, tweak. It's huge because before when we were eating all the time, we, we couldn't make the connection. Right. But intermittent fasting really helps you make that connection. Like I, I've talked about many, many times, I never knew what caused my restless legs till I connected it thanks to intermittent fasting to the sugar. Right. Sugar is poison. Yeah. Too much of it. I really feel it. Right. I mean, I like it as a treat once yeah. in a while with certain things, you know, we all do, but I can tell when my body or my body tells me you've had too much, Carolyn. Well, if you look back, you know, in history of like when people, people did not eat dessert all the time. Right. Heck no. <laughs> it was no. a special thing. <laughs> right. It was a treat. A treat. We weren't like eating, you know, drinking, <laughs> you know, hot milkshakes all day long every day. <laughs> like yeah. People do so now and no, I, I just, I am a firm believer in this program. I love it. Well, it's it's definitely life changing. It's changed my life in all the ways, but you know, physically, mentally, those ways as well. Yes, and it's. I'm glad you followed your path <laughs> again. Thank you. I don't think I had a choice. It just came right out of me. Right, right. <laughs> but isn't that awesome? I mean, yeah. how awesome that you were used as that vehicle. That's how I feel. That I feel like it was my life's purpose to go through all this and had exactly the right preparation to be able to share it and the right amount of big mouth to be able to just say it. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that that worked out well. So we're almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think I would tell someone first starting out to just be gentle with yourself and give it time if it doesn't feel like a good fit right away. But know that in time, you will see results and feel results and that it is a gift that you just have to embrace because it was a gift, an ever-changing, a life-changing gift for me. And I, th- I think what you said is important. Give it time to figure out what will work for you. Because right. like you like the morning window. If you're trying to force yourself to fit into the window I use, it wouldn't work as well for you. So that that chapter title, Tweak It Till It's Easy. I, I, I might should have made that the title. I mean, Tweak It Till It's Easy. Right. Because if it's not easy, you haven't found your tweak yet. Right. And you have to find what works for you. I mean, exactly. Again, it's all... Yeah our individual bodies, mental health, or whatever works. Yeah. And if you're, some people listen to all a bunch of other podcasts where they're like telling them exactly what they have to do and exactly how to do it. And they get so confused and I'm like, stop, stop listening to those experts, quotation marks, telling you to eat this much or do this much or fast this way, or here's your window. No, listen to your body. Right. Listen to what works for you. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, popcorn has worked for me. (laughs) And it does. You feel good when you're having it. Right. It works great. Awesome. Believe your body when you feel good. Right. Exactly. That's the most powerful part. Because our bodies really do have powerful feedback for us in all of the ways. Yes. And if you're feeling better and better, that is a good sign (laughs) that you're doing something right. And don't let the other voices get into your head because boy, they can. There's that diet brain popping back up again, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the shame and then Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm. this doesn't, this doesn't have that tied to it. Well, Carolyn, thank you so very much. And I've really enjoyed talking to you today. I've enjoyed talking to you too. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th 
100th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless in the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! 